What is up? And welcome in. It is July 8th, 2022, almost July 9th, 2022, as we we're recording here at 11.43 Central Time. It's post-loons after dark, but it's well worth the wait as we are uh, recapping a 3-1 to Minnesota United win on the road at Vancouver Whitecaps, a win that which propels the Loons to a tie for fourth now in the Western Conference standings. Big win, big week all the way around for Minnesota United. What is up? My name is Jeremy Rushing here to break down all the action with you here on Post Loons. We are live on Soda Soccer's YouTube and Twitter channels right now. But if you want to get involved in the conversation, maybe you want to drop your question, comment, have your have your take from the match read on the air on the stream here by yours truly, you do need to go to our YouTube channel. The connection between Twitter and the stream yard that we use, I'm not able to see those comments coming in the chat. So we'll have to uh, do that on Twitter. So if you're watching, on, or we'll have to do that on YouTube. So if you're watching on Twitter and you want to get involved in the conversation, you'll have to go to YouTube. Just go to YouTube and then search Post Loons, search Soda Soccer, and you'll see everything there. Um, and you can drop your question or comment, overall takeaway on the match. You can also leave a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. Please do that. Let's YouTube know you're liking the content. Um, also, tap that bell to be notified whenever we drop a new video, a new edition of Post Loons, a new interview, whatever it is. We are presented by SodaSoccer.com. It's your new home for soccer coverage in the North. If you haven't checked us out at SodaSoccer.com, please do that as well. Um, a lot of great stories and content, not just from Minnesota United, but from kind of every corner of the Minnesota soccer scene. We also have a Patreon there too. If you want to support what we do, just hit us up at patreon.com slash soda soccer. You get a weekly bonus podcast with that Patreon membership as well. But let's get into some of these questions and comments. A few in the chat already. We're going to kick things off with Super Caloroman. Uh, I think I got that right. It says still no clean sheets until then. I won't believe. Um, Look, that is one of the things that I have is this team still looks kind of susceptible defensively. Specifically, that back post was just open pretty much all night long for Vancouver. They finally broke through in the second half and got a goal off a back post cross. But yeah, there's still some cracks in that Minnesota United defense that they need to shore up moving forward. But as long as Dane St. Clair is between the posts, and as long as they're scoring three goals a match, um, I think you can live with it. But yeah, I think long-term moving forward, something you got to shore up. If you're Minnesota United, Dave Valensky, uh, about a month ago, we were probably wondering if this team was going to be in the bottom of the league the way they were playing. And now this team is playing like they're supposed to be. Yeah, this is the Minnesota United attack and the Minnesota United team that we were expecting right off the bat this season, right? Luis Amaria scoring goals, Emmanuel you know, Reynoso scoring goals, um, you know, Bongi getting involved, Fragapane making a, an impact. We hadn't really got that until this last couple weeks. After the the lowest of lows for Minnesota United, literally the worst stretch in their history, Minnesota United's MLS history, they come back with these three straight wins that put them right back in the thick of the Western Conference playoff picture. Um, so yeah, this team looked dead in the water just two weeks ago. And here we are now. Uh, and, and we're, we're fourth tied for fourth right now in the West, pretty crazy run that this team is on 
Um, but hopefully the consistency can remain. And I think a lot of that, as Super Cal Roman said, um, we'll have to, you know, a lot of that will do with how they can sure up and, and get some consistency along uh, that entire back line for a full 90 minutes. That's going to be something that Minnesota United has to do. Dan getting involved in the conversation says how much of those last two goals were just really lazy defense by Vancouver. That third goal was 100% lazy defense from Vancouver. They just get completely caught out on the goal kick from Dane St. Clair. Literally, the, the goal kick goes in behind the Vancouver defense. And uh, they're able to, and Fragapane is able to put away the, the wide open shot there in the box, stay on side to do so. Uh, just overall a really good night. But yeah, Vancouver really seemed to fall asleep at the wheel defensively there at the end. Uh, Minnesota United taking full advantage and sort of flipping that second half script. And flipping the second half script is where I'm going to kick off my three things for the day. You guys can still leave your questions, your comments, your overall takes. I'm going to get into my three things and address more of those. Um, after more of your uh, questions and comments afterwards. But my first thing is that you have flipped that second half script. At least you did so tonight. Coming in to this match over the last four matches prior, Minnesota United had given up eight second half goals and had a minus seven goal differential in the second half. Those collapses were real, right? It was it was not a great run, specifically in those in those last 45 minutes. But tonight. You go into half nil-nil, you go down one-nil early in the second half, but then you come back with three goals to finish things off. And you get that three-to-one win. That does a lot for, obviously, his overall confidence, three-game win streak, right? But it, it it sort of helps keep maybe the 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 doubts at bay as far as how this team uh, you know, performs in the second half. Because I'm sure that had to be weighing on a lot of the players and even the coaches' minds, like, you know, how can we put this together for a full 90? We need to. We're not doing it. How do we turn the page? How do we make that happen? Well, they did so tonight. The first half was eh, disjointed. It was disjointed both ways. Um, even the early part of the second half, Vancouver seemed to be on the front foot. But you finished strong if you're Minnesota United. Did you put it together for a full 90 tonight? No, but you finished strong, which to me signifies progress. Uh, my second thing, the rule of threes. Three goals, three wins, three points. This is the third straight win for Minnesota. This is the third game, third straight game in which they have scored three goals. And obviously when you win, you get three much-needed points. Nine points in three matches for the Loons. Nine goals in those three matches for the Loons. Uh, they're, they're, finally, they're finally building attack. They're finally finding ways to put the ball in the back of the net consistently. With different players involved. I mean, we know Ray has absolutely stepped his game up and, and, and sort of solidified himself as that impact player um, as it pertains to this season specifically. He has stepped back into that role. He has you know, asserted himself as the go-to guy from Minnesota United in 2022, which is what they need from him. But now you're getting Luis Amaria on the board. You're getting Frego Fragapane on the board. Right, it's only a matter of time before Bongi. He can only knock down the door so many times before it actually falls, and he's able to get that ball in the back of the net. That's coming as well. Like there, you're getting goals from a lot of different players, from a lot of different pieces that are contributing. I think that is that is the biggest part of this. Not only are you scoring goals, but you're getting that impact, and you're getting that contribution from 
a, a ton of different players, right? Before it was really just Ray, Wood, Amaria had a few goals. That really was it. Well, now you're expanding that. You're expanding the amount of players who can actually find the back of the net. All that is great for them too. But another thing it does, which may be even more important, is it opens up the game now for Reynoso too. Because the more that the pieces around Ray are able to contribute and able to score and able to be dangerous, the more the defense has to key in on those other players, which leaves room for Reynoso to do his thing. And we know when Reynoso has room to do his thing, he is absolutely lethal, one of the best players in the entire league. And so getting that contribution from different pieces and different players is, is so vital to the success for Minnesota United. And they have gotten that over the last three games. Obviously, only a matter of time to see if that carries through uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Um, and my third and final thing, and I don't want to necessarily be too critical on this episode. It's a big win. It's been a big week for Minnesota United. But as we have a couple of chats mentioning um, that that defensive, you know, th- this Minnesota United team, I say it all the time, they've always led from the back in their successful years. 2019, 2020, even, you know, if you want to consider 2021 a successful year with the playoff berth, but going out in the first round, that's fine. Um, they've led from the back in those years. It's been their defense that's really carried them. They've solidified the roster in other places. They've solidified their attack uh, with with great personnel. But it's the defense and the defensive third specifically that has been the the area of the pitch that has carried this team to success, to success in prior years, I should say. Um, for Minnesota United this season, you haven't had that same impact on the back line. They have done well considering the circumstances, considering the revolving door that it was early on in the season. They were able to sort of mix and match and put different pieces together and make it work and kind of patch it up. But no Ozzy Alonso has been very apparent for this team. But also the central of the defense. Boxall and Debassi have shown some cracks, have shown some uh, miscues that have directly led to goals this season. Um, so you're going to have to shore up that portion of the pitch for a longer term if, um, you know, if I'm going to be completely confident that this team has turned a corner and can, you know, be that top tier MLS team. The attack is finally coming around. I want to see them shore up the defense. And I, I would like to see them do that, do that in the transfer window. I would like to see them maybe bring in uh, a, a DP central midfielder um, or uh, a DP center back. There have been a few, quite a few DP center backs, actually, uh, in Major League Soccer, specifically recently. Um, you can maybe bring one of those in. I don't know what the transfer market looks like for either of those positions. I don't know if there are pieces available that fit that description, that fit Adrian Heath's system. But when I'm looking at the ideal circumstance, you would bring in a defensive piece, whether that be in the defensive portion of the midfield or the central part of the back line, um, a quality, quality piece to to sure things up and keep opponents off the board. If you can keep opponents off the board, you don't need to score three score three goals a match, right? Um, and that's kind of been how Minnesota United has found success in prior years. Um, so those defensive cracks are still there, but all in all, a great night tonight for the Loons. All right, a lot of chats coming in. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to these. Uh, Super Cal Roman says, let's talk about Lud being a better number six. Uh, than all of our number sixes. Put some respect on Curvin Ariaga's name. 
Super Kyle Roman. All right. Um, I get that Ariaga is out. Uh, I get that Rosales is out. So maybe he is the best number six option at this point, but he is playing the eight, not the six. Going to correct you there. But yeah, I mean, the way the personnel is right now with the injuries and issues that they've faced in that specific portion of the pitch. Yeah, Robin Lotus probably this team's go-to central midfielder assigned Will Trap right now, as he should be. He's performed very, very well uh, in the central midfield for Minnesota. Uh, Jake Hemesh says, is Amaria turning into the number nine we need? Yeah. If he scores goals, he's the number nine you need. It's pretty straightforward. It's almost pass-fail with Luis Amaria because he is not the type where you're going to see like, oh, you know, he didn't get on the board tonight, but man, he really made some good runs. He really pulled some defenders. He really, you know, was making himself available at the near post at the far post. That's not the type of, of player Luis Amaria is. Luis Amaria is going to sit in the box back to goal, try to find a soft spot, try to find a sweet spot where he can get the ball turn and fire. That is the game Luis Samaria plays. Now, his goal tonight was really excellent in the buildup with the left-footed curler from outside the box. But Amaria is not going to be that guy that makes runs that has the type of game where you're going to say, okay, he didn't score, but he still was able to make an impact or play well. Um, his his game is really, did he, did he score? Good. Did he not score? Bad. That's how Luis Samaria plays, Right. So um, if he's scoring goals, he's the number nine you need. If he's not, he's not. That's really that simple with Luis Amaria. Uh, Dave Stevens says, we'd love to see a clean sheet, but it's nice seeing the loons not needing one over the last few games. Uh, can't expect with many games uh, to win many games scoring one or no goal, nor one or no goals. Wow, words. Uh, like earlier in the season, DSC still solid. Yeah. Adrian Heath says it all the time. Goals change games, right? Um, if you're able to score goals, it opens up a lot of different things for your game. You're able to be a little bit more free-flowing. Free it kind of opens up the playbook, so to speak. Um, if you're able to get ahead and get out on the front foot, it does wonders for you, uh, for sure. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go to next? Um, Jake. Let's go back to Jake. Says the mix and match midfield right now is definitely having an effect. Yeah. Um, you know, they've made it work. They've made it work along the back line, as I mentioned. They made it work in the midfield, as I mentioned. But our good friend Matthew Johnson at Soda Soccer actually made a great point on Twitter um, after, I think, one of the goals, or maybe it was for his full-time thoughts. But the way things are set up, and now this is due to injury, but the way things are set up, you're able to have Reynoso, Amaria, Hlongwani, Fragapane, and Lud, all on the field at the same time. That's a lot of attacking firepower to have on the field at once, right? Now, I get Lud's playing the eight. I get maybe that's not your ideal 11, but I I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily uh, coincidental that we're seeing this offensive outburst at a time where all these pieces are able to be on the field at once, right? Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great point from Matthew on Twitter. Um, I think that if if they want to find a way to try to make this work and make this fit moving forward, even when guys are healthy, hell, give it a shot. Stick with what's working. There was a portion earlier in the season, there were two straight matches against Colorado and Chicago where Adrian Heath made a second-half substitution where he moved Robin Lutz to the nine. He put 
Bongi on the left, and you put Dunlady on the right. They were outscoring teams like six to one in that in like the 45 minutes that those three got up front together. They tried starting those three together the next match. Didn't really work out. But they never went back to that sub after that. It was sort of a hot hand. It was, this is working. Let's go with it. They never went back to it. So when you have all these pieces on the field, Bongi, Franco, Ray, Luis, Robin, when all those guys are on the field at once and it's working, you don't necessarily have to revert back to your old starting 11 once guys are healthy again. If this is what's working, stick with what's working. That would be my thing. I, I, You obviously don't want to necessarily sit Kervin Ariaga, and that's not what I'm saying. But there's a lot of attacking firepower on the field at once right now. You're scoring a lot of goals, which you weren't doing before. You're getting wins, which you weren't doing before. Find a way to keep that going and find a way to stick with what's working because they may have stumbled across a golden nugget here with uh, forcing, you know, being forced to have all these guys on the field at once. Uh, Dave Valensky says Boxall is showing his age. I don't think there's a reliable, he's reliable for the full 90 minutes. He shouldn't have to be reliable for the full 90 minutes at this point in his career. He shouldn't. You would, you need, you would, you have options. You have Brent Coleman. You have you know some other options at center back that you could throw in. Um, so I don't necessarily understand why he's being continually called upon to play ninety minutes. I, I agree with Dave. I, I I would like to see them maybe bring somebody else in who can help ease the pressure off a of boxall a little bit. Because look, he's you know at sort of the the twilight of his career a little bit. Um, he's probably got a few years left, but he's definitely on the back end. Um, he's, you know, always been at or near the top of the minutes list for Minnesota United pretty much every single year since he came aboard that wears on you. that mileage, no matter what your age is, that mileage wears on you after a while. So I, I think being a little bit more proactive and seeing that and bringing in a piece who can help relieve that pressure off a of box all will help this team defensively specifically in the latter portions of the match where aside from tonight they have struggled recently and I, I don't think it's coincidental that they're struggling defensively late in matches and you have two sort of aging pieces in the center of your back line that to me there's a lot of of, of relation in those two aspects right uh, Dave Stevens says any thoughts on trap he hasn't had the best season but perhaps building a little confidence for himself in the past couple of games, first two shots tonight. Um, yeah, I don't think it's possible for Will Trap to fire a shot that's under 100 miles an hour. <laughs> he only knows to tee it up and let it rip as hard as he possibly can, which I absolutely respect from a defensive midfielder like Trap. Uh, but also, I think the key for Trap simply has been he's been able to keep himself on the field. He hasn't been carded early. He hasn't been giving up PKs. He, or at least over the last two matches, he hasn't been doing either of those things, right? So that to me is the, Will Trap. I think is a difference maker when he's able to be on the field and when he's playing clean. He hasn't done that really at all consistently this season or even dating back to last season as well. 
if he's able to say to stay on the field, play a clean game, not get carded, not give up penalty kicks, he is an absolute. He's I wouldn't say a game changer, but he's a very very vital contributor to this team. We've seen that over the last couple matches, the night and day impact that he's had when he's just able to stay on the pitch. Um, Exodus says this team is so fun to watch right now. Always enjoy the podcast and content you guys put out. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Exodus. We appreciate it. It's a lot of hard work that goes into it. Um, you know, staying up late, 12.03 a.m. I got two kids. I'm a dad now. I don't normally stay up this late, even on the weekends. Uh, but it's a lot of fun interacting with you guys. I really appreciate it. We have record numbers of people tuning in right now this late. So um, this is just awesome to see. The comments are pouring in. The questions are pouring in. I appreciate it. Um, Exodus, I agree with you. This team is fun to watch right now. I think there's a correlation between this way this team is playing and the viewership we're getting on our podcast, by the way. Um, so thank you to everybody who's tuning in. Um, on that note, while you're here, if you could, leave us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Share if you're watching on Facebook. Hit that retweet button if you're watching on Twitter. It'd be great to keep kind of putting this content out to more and more people, letting people know that there is sort of a, a post-game rapid reaction that they can tune into following every Minnesota United match. Um, and with that note, this content would not be possible. Well, first of all, it wouldn't be possible without you guys, the viewers and the listeners. Really appreciate you. But it also wouldn't be possible without our partners and friends, like over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South Ninth Street in Minneapolis is where you can find them. It's part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. One of the best combinations of things you could ever have in this life right? You, there's affordable weekly pickup available. So if you're looking to play some soccer in like a weather controlled environment, you know, it's been rainy or it's been hot as balls. Basically the last uh, few weeks you're getting either or. So if you want a place where you know, you'll be able to play, it's covered. It's got the AC. You're good to go at night street. Affordable weekly pickup is available. If you want to rent the field out for your party, maybe you want to have an indoor practice there for your team. Maybe you just want to have a little group outing at Knight Street and get some soccer going. You can rent out the full field or half the field as well. Or you can just go and hang out with fellow soccer lovers at their coffee shop. They have soccer on all the time on the TVs when there is a match on to watch. Um, the Twin City soccer community, it's kind of a hub for the Twin City soccer community to go and just hang out and, and be one together. Um, there are Minnesota United watch parties for periodic road matches throughout the season. They've had Minneapolis city watch parties as well. Wouldn't be surprised if they did a Minnesota Aurora watch party for, you know, if they're, they, they go on the road during the playoffs as well. Um, in the USLW league, shout out Minnesota Aurora, by the way. Um, so ninth street's just an excellent spot to go hang out and, and be in the twin city soccer community. They also have one of the best, uh, coffees that I've ever had in my life there and that's that's a shoot that is that is honest uh there from me as sort of I, i'm i'm sort of getting into the coffee game a little bit um i used to never drink coffee to be honest and then i had two kids and i was like okay coffee is an absolute necessity of life now uh but so i've become a bit of a coffee snob i get those like coffee subscriptions you know but still have not found anything better than the galazzo brew from ninth street soccer and coffee so Head out to their website, 9thStreetMPLS.com. Hit them up on Twitter and Instagram, at 9thStreetMPLS. Book a field time. Book your weekly pickup time. Buy some Galazzo Brew. Just learn all about our friends over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South 9th Street, Minneapolis, or online.
streetmpls.com. Where's the overlay? There it is. Now we're back. Oh, maybe not. Maybe we are. There we go. Um, more comments rolling in the chat. You guys are on it with the comments tonight. Um, let's go to Super Kyle Roman says, load playing as a central midfielder um, is similar to Arsenal playing 4-2-3-1 with Odegaard, a natural 10, playing central midfielder to start the transition. I think we keep it as long as we can and have. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I do think at some level, if uh, you get late in the season, and maybe we haven't seen um, you know, any more development from Bongi from where he's at right now. Not saying he's in a bad spot right now, but we saw the good and the bad and the ugly from Bongi tonight, right? He was he was doing some he was doing some excellent work on the ball, getting passes in the right spots. But then he also had some some woof plays defensively. Um, you know, he's dribbling right into guys. I, you know, so we, we saw kind of the full the full Bongi experience tonight. But a lot of it is still good, and he's still improving. But at some level, if you get into a if you get into the playoffs and you're playing a team like a Seattle or an RSL again, on, maybe on the road this time, or you know any any one of the LAFC, LA Galaxy, any one of those teams, right? I think you want load on the wing for those. To be honest, um, he's great at the eight right now, but I think ideally you get a clean will trap at the eight. You get a healthy Kervin Ariaga at the six. You get Lud on the wing. I think that's where ideally this team goes. But as I mentioned before, this is sort of the hot hand with all these attacking pieces on the field at the same time. Maybe you keep going with it. But I still think your ideal starting lineup involves Lud on the wing. But I completely agree he's been excellent in the defensive midfield. Um, let's go with... MPLSMJ says agree on the aging center backs box on Nabasi overachieve, but get tired late. Look, these are great players. I do not want to undermine or, or do anything to inhibit the impact that Michael box on Makai Debasi have on this team, but there's only so much in the tank for these guys. Right. And I think, I think that's been showing late in matches I would love to see this team maybe get a young piece, uh, uh, whether it's a DP, TAM, whatever, a, a really, really good, almost Ikopara-esque in the impact they can make uh, in the central of the defense. I think that'd be a really good catalyst for just improving that that defensive third of the pitch overall. Um, but yes, Boxel and Debasi, good, but they're getting older. The mileage is is continuing. Um, they're you know, late in matches it's been showing. Dan, has anything changed tactically that has turned Fragapani back into the player we saw last season? Or is he just playing better? I think it was completely between the ears with Fragapani. I, I really do. Um, I get that he had a, a you know a reoccurring kind of annoying knock uh, at the beginning of the year. But, you know, you've been watching him over the last couple months and his pace wasn't necessarily changed. Like he was still, you know, running fast. He was still, you know, doing all the things from just a, a north-south vertical perspective that you expect him to do, but he just wasn't shooting the ball. He just wasn't making the right passes at the vital moments. It was those mental things. Um, when push comes to shove, that's going to make the difference between scoring a goal and not scoring a goal that we just weren't seeing from Fragapane. 
But then against LA, he gets a goal. And I think that is sort of, that's just one of those things. It's soccer. A, a goal can change everything for you. They can, goals change games, but goals change the way guys play too. If they're in a rut and they're having a, a, a down, you know, few matches, just simply seeing that ball going to the back of the net can do wonders. We're seeing it with Luis Amaria too, right? I mean, he is smiling. He's smiling on the pitch. You know, aside from the last couple of games, when the last when's the last time you saw Luis Amaria smile on the soccer pitch? Right? It's been a minute. But scoring goals has that effect. And it not only has the effect on the guy scoring the goals, it has effect on the entire team. When you're able to consistently score, it absolutely does wonders for the confidence of the entire team. And I think we're seeing that positive snowball effect right now. Uh, Dave, Bongi looks like he just runs out of gas um, in the last 15 minutes of every game. Will Heath ever figure out subs? Uh, yeah, look, there are times where I, you know, you get to the 80 plus minute and you look at some of the, the tire legs on the field and you're like, why are these guys still out here? Right. And Bongi is really always the example because he is going a thousand miles an hour, giving 100% effort for, you know, the first 70, 75 minutes. Anybody would be winded and exhausted after that. Right. Um, so yeah, I would like to see Heath maybe be a little bit more proactive, pro, proactive, proactive in those situations and maybe not get to a point where you're having too many tired legs on the field. Bongi, the prime example of that. Uh, but yeah, he's given you the effort. And uh, maybe he will play himself into a shape where, you know, you can count on him for 90 and keeping that effort, um, you know, over a longer consistent period. Uh, Dave says, I agree with Dan. Franco is playing better. I think he'll always be a streaky player, but his success is going to be directly correlated to race performance as long as he keeps his cool. A lot of guys' success on this team are directly correlated to race performance, Dave. Uh, Franco being being one of them. But when Franco Fragapane is on his game and being a terror, like we know he can be along the left side of the pitch, that is something that just, it's such a positive effect for Minnesota. And as I mentioned earlier, it helps alleviate that pressure off Reynoso. If nobody around Reynoso is contributing and defenses can just key in on him, it's going to be a long night every time for Minnesota. But if you're getting contribution from Fragapane, from Amaria, from Bangi, from Lud, then all of a sudden that really opens things up for Ray, right? And uh, I think we're seeing that. I mean, Ray is on a tear. He didn't score a goal tonight, but I mean, he was putting shots in. It wasn't for lack of trying. Um, but other pieces were the beneficiary tonight. Like, what I, I wonder what the odds would have been that your three goal scores tonight. Okay, Minnesota United score three scores three goals. Who's gonna score the three? Kamar Lawrence, Luis Amaria, and Franco Fragapane. Like those are three guys, eh? You know, you think maybe Ray, Lud, does Bongi get on the board, right? Amaria might be uh one of your first options there. Uh, but definitely Kamar Lawrence was a surprise. I thought he was excellent tonight. Um and so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fullbacks a little bit for Minnesota United. Um, DJ Taylor, when you're talking about that back post being open defensively, I think that was DJ's side of the field. I also think that was Boxy's side of the field, though, too. So I don't know which one of them necessarily that responsibility uh, 
you know, lies on. But what DJ and Kamar are doing, and I'm going to shout out Kamar Lawrence specifically, in terms of getting involved in the attack, I think that has been a huge difference maker in this team's attacking presence too. Because Roman Metinair was really the only defensive overlapping presence this team had when he was on the pitch. With Chase Gasper on the left, he wasn't overlapping a lot, right? It was really Roman overlapping on the right, and that's how the defense was getting involved in the attack, pretty primarily for Minnesota United in years past. Now you're finally getting that symmetry from both sides, right? Kamar Lawrence has been an absolute pain in the ass for defenses these last few matches with his overlapping play. He is, I see him in the attack more than I see him on the defense when I'm watching Minnesota United right now. Maybe it's because he stands out more when, when he's in the attack, but it's crazy how often he's able to get in the attacking third and overlap and make things happen. DJ Taylor's making that same contribution on the right too. Um, and actually, Minneapolis MJ, can we get a shout out for DJ Taylor? The weak side ball watching is a coaching problem because all loons do it. Besides that, DJ has been solid on defense and improved going forward. Yeah, I love I love what DJ has done for this team. I think we saw a bit of the 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 crater that Roman Metinair had left when his injury issues really started to ramp up. You know, you had O'Neill Fisher over there uh, at times. You know, it was just kind of who's going to step up? How do we patch this up? DJ has solidified the right side of the back line. And I get Alan Benitez is probably coming in. He actually said his goodbyes to his team in Paraguay today. So he that, that that's going to be signed here sooner rather than later and probably announced within the next week that Alan Benitez is coming in. But it's it's hard to overlook the impact that DJ Taylor has had on the right side of this back line. I'm of the opinion that DJ Taylor has earned the right to be this team's long-term starter moving forward. And I get a lot of people in the comments when I say that, say, well, the best player is going to play regardless. It doesn't matter because the best player is going to play regardless. It's competition. They're going to push each other. I get that. But I, the end result of that is either, A, you're paying Benitez a lot of money to come in and then end up sitting the bench, or B, maybe Benitez does come in, earn the starting spot moving forward, now, all of a sudden, DJ is relegated to the bench, and he only gets better with playing time. We've only seen DJ get better when he's got that consistent opportunity to play. And if you limit that consistent opportunity to play, I don't know if he's going to get better. And so I don't necessarily, neither of those options, those end results, sit well with me when you're talking about bringing Benitez in. Maybe to give the loons front office uh, maybe the benefit of the doubt here, maybe the negotiations were too far in at the point that DJ started making that consistent impact that they can maybe pull an offer or pull out of the negotiations or whatever it was. But yeah, this is going to be interesting what happens at right back now for Minnesota moving forward. DJ has earned that starting spot, but you're presumably, presumably, paying a guy like Benitez a decent chunk of money to come in. And I don't think you're throwing that money to somebody who's going to sit the bench. Uh, let's see. Dan, did the Loons have a fullback assist, fullback goal, and goalkeeper assist tonight? Yes, we had the fullback to fullback connection on the second or on the first goal. 
excuse me, with DJ Taylor finding Kamar Lawrence on the back post. Uh, really nice left-footed volley from Lawrence too for the goal. I was I was impressed with uh, with that shot specifically, and that was just kind of uh, in a nutshell how impactful these fullbacks have been specifically in the attack for Minnesota United when you get the fullback to fullback assist and goal combination. Uh, and then we also, yeah, we got the goalkeeper assist uh, for Dane saying, I think he gets the assist on that. But I also think that maybe Amaria would get the assist because I think maybe Amaria actually touched the ball first before it ended up at the foot of Fragapano. I'll have to watch that replay again, but I do think it might've gone to Amaria first. Um, but anyways, any big blue getting in the chat. What's up, any, uh, really hoping the Paraguayan is as versatile as reports have made him DJ earned a spot in the starting 11. And that's another point of this where maybe that works out is maybe Benitez can be a little bit more flexible. Maybe Benitez can play up in the defense. Maybe he can play on the left side. Maybe he can do a lot of things. Maybe he can be sort of a utility option. Who knows? Uh, but he's primarily a right back. I have to imagine he's coming in to play his um, his position, if you will. Um, Dave asked the same question. Can Benitez play elsewhere other than right back? Forgive my ignorance. Yeah, so the reports and kind of the, the backstory on him is he is a little bit flexible, but right back is his primary position. And I don't necessarily think – now, I don't know the details on the contract. I'm presuming, assuming, that Benitez is coming in on a pretty good deal. I don't know if you're going to bring a guy in and pay, you know, what I'm assuming Minnesota United is paying to not play him in his primary position. Uh, Super Kyle Roman says, so is the streak because he did something or are the players saving the coach? I think it's a combination. I don't necessarily think one side gets all the credit and the other side gets none. I think, I think the players are stepping up. I think, uh, Maria is gaining confidence. Fragapane is gain, gaining confidence. Bongi keeps knocking him on the door. Um, but also, who's the guy putting these players in these positions? Right? Who's the guy putting these players on the field? You know, who's the guy kind of uh, combing through these these injury issues that Minnesota United is is, is having and sort of uh, putting the pieces to the puzzle together? It is Adrian Heath. The the criticism of Heath. You know, the season with some of the substitution stuff and the way the team was playing prior and, and tactical issues that, that some Minnesota United fans were having with him. I don't disagree with really any of that. I There's a, there's a lot of truth, and, and I think it's very warranted. But I think you also need to give credit where credit's due as well. I think you can criticize Heath when things are going wrong, but I also think you can look at it objectively and say, okay, this streak, Heath's probably got something to do with it too with the way that he's putting the pieces together. So I, I think it's somewhere in the middle to, to, you know, be on the fence on this one and sort of play the middleman role here. Um, I do think it's somewhere in the middle. I do think it's a combination. What's up, Mr. Jeldy. Thanks for uh, tuning in and contriving or contriving contributing um, says we were one injury away from no right back without a new player and met in their spot. Um, yeah. I mean, so maybe it's it's a depth move uh, to bring Benitez in and maybe make DJ your prime depth option at right fullback. That could be it. And maybe that could benefit Minnesota United moving forward uh, because they are uh, pretty, I guess, weak. I wouldn't say weak, but thin at that particular position. That makes sense. 
But at the same time, I, I do think you have guys like O'Neal Fisher, Brent Coleman, who can come in and, and fill spots on the back line from a depth perspective, too, the way it currently is. Um, Wow. 40 minutes. A lot of questions and comments. I don't even think we're going to even get to like the match moments of the game notes here, guys. One thing we do need to get to, though, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our friends over at Pence Homes. I'm getting good at the switching over to the side of the screen. Been a few a uh, few times now where I've been able to do that. Um, Nate Pence, huge supporter of Minnesota soccer, not just a Minnesota United fan, but also a supporter of Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora. Um, our friends over at Equal Time Soccer who do an excellent job at covering the women's game in the state of Minnesota. Um, Nate Pence is really ingrained in the Minnesota soccer community, um, so it's an honor to have him help support us and what we're doing with here here with Post Loons and SodaSoccer.com. So if you're buying or selling in Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, not only is Nate a big supporter of Minnesota soccer, he and his team are also an excellent group of realtors who can help you get top dollar for your home, find the home of your dreams at an affordable price, um, just help you navigate this, this crazy market that we're in right now. Nate and his team can do all of that. So if you are buying or selling in the Minneapolis and St. Paul area, right now, maybe you're buying, maybe you're selling, maybe you're doing both. You need to contact Nate. Here's what you do. You either go to the website, pencehomes.com, or if you want to skip the website altogether, maybe you're going to take my word for it hundred percent. Maybe you already kind of know who Nate is. Maybe you're on Minnesota United Twitter. You've seen Nate, you know who he is, you know, the reputation he has, right? So maybe you don't even need to go to Pence Homes. Maybe you just want to start that conversation right off the bat. That's fine. You can email Nate directly. It's just Nate, N-A-T-E, you can see the name there, at PenceHolmes.com. You can see the URL there. So if you want to just check more, check out more about Pence Homes and how they can help you, go to PenceHolmes.com. But if you actually want to start that conversation with Nate, it's free to have the conversation, right? Uh, you just go to Nate at PenceHolmes.com, shoot him an email, and he will get back to you. Big, big thanks to our friends over at Pence Holmes for helping us out at sodasoccer.com and helping us out with the post loons post game show. We would not be able to do it without them. So looking ahead now for Minnesota United, you're currently tied for fourth in the Western conference standings with LA and Dallas. Now the galaxy played LAFC tonight. So they, uh, you know, didn't no real matches in hand there. Um, but FC Dallas does play tomorrow. So if they get a result against Houston, they will kind of leapfrog and move up uh, ahead of both the Galaxy and Minnesota. But if you would have told me two weeks ago that Minnesota United would be tied for fourth in the West on July 9th, I would have said you were absolutely crazy. But three straight wins and some fortunate results elsewhere, that'll do that. And it's, it's crazy how much the pendulum can switch and how th things can change. I think we're seeing what Minnesota United is capable of from an attacking perspective. I think you need to bring in a couple more pieces. Don't hit me with the two to three players away. I get it. A couple more pieces, two to three players away. This team always seemingly always two to three players in a way. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment, uh, but I do think if you bring in one or two guys here in the transfer window who can help solidify the defensive third, and maybe help contribute in the attack as well. Um, maybe you're doing things. I would like to see 
you know, if you're going to bring in two guys, let's say, in this transfer window, I would like to see both of those pieces go in the defensive third, maybe one center back, one number six. That would be kind of my be my ideal scenario in terms of guys you bring in. But um, you're in a good spot, and you have a DP spot to play with. You have the opportunity to bring some guys in. You know, you're rumored to be bringing some guys in. So um, I think there's a lot to be optimistic right now for Minnesota United, but obviously it's a very cautious optimism because we've seen the roller coaster that this team can take us on, right? Just when you think they're out of it, they get three straight wins. But how often has we seen in the past after that win streak, all of a sudden we see that drop, right? We see what we see. We've seen it this season. It was the back-to-back wins against Colorado and Chicago. This team was riding high. And then suddenly you hit your worst stretch in club history as far as MLS is concerned. So, you know, it's hard to say that this team is 100% back and back on the right track, Um, and it's hard to say that they're not. But you need to see a larger sample size of the success in order to be really confident that this team can actually do some things moving forward. Looks like we have one last comment in the chat. Dave says, next six games against bottom half, Next three at home, continue this run. Yeah, this is a very um, advantageous stretch of matches for Minnesota United. I'm going to bring up the exact run of games they have here. So they're hosting SKC on Wednesday. We know the struggles SKC has had this season. They've been well documented. Then you're hosting DC United, which are an absolute dumpster fire right now. They lost 6-0 to the Union today. That shows you where DC United is currently at. Um, So three points should be the expectation at home against DC. And honestly, against SKC too. You should get six points out of these next two matches. Maybe considering it's Peter Vermes, it's SKC, things always get weird in this rivalry. Maybe you take a draw against SKC and a win against DC. But I think six points over these next two matches should be the expectation. Then you have the friendly against Everton on the 20th, which I am absolutely stoked about. And then you go to Houston on the 23rd, and then you're back at home against Portland on the 30th. So that's how you end July. Home against SKC, home against DC, at Dynamo, home against Portland. Four matches left in July. I'm going to say I'm going to say 9 out of these 12 points. If you get 9 out of these 12 points, you're going to be feeling Excellent. You're probably going to be top four, maybe even top three in the West once you hit the end of July. Then you're sort of in the stretch run of the last couple months of the season, and you're in a really good spot. Um, But, yeah, I think Mr. Jeldy, love love the confidence. Seven or no. Nice. Um, All right, guys. I appreciate it. Man, we had a lot of people tuning in tonight. This was awesome. Um, Thank you guys so much for staying up late with me. It's always great to talk to you, but especially great to talk after a Minnesota United win. And we'll be back at it once again, Wednesday evening, following what we hope to be another three points over SKC. Check out sodasoccer.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to our podcast feed. Um, you know, Consider subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sodasoccer. Um, you know, it helps support what we do, but also you get a bonus podcast every week out of it too. So make sure you're, you know, helping support us and and pump us up and and share us out 
anywhere you can. That would be very, very appreciated. But again, can't begin to tell you how thankful I am for all the support, all the viewership, all the uh, you know, all the interaction tonight. It was awesome. So how about more of this on Wednesday? I know it's a school night on Wednesday, but it's earlier. We'll do like a 9.30 post loons. So uh, let's do it again then. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the win. And we will catch you Wednesday for another edition of Post Loons. See you guys.